Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Oh my goodness. I have waited for this moment for about a week, and it's finally happening, you guys. How are you? Welcome to Buzzworthy Radio here on blogtalkradio.com and on buzzworthyradio.net. I'm your host, Novell J. Lee. That's never going to change here on this show unless I decide to give it to somebody, which I don't think it will happen at this day and time. So you're going to have to put up with me. It is still Thursday, October 14th, 2010. We just had a show earlier with Tiffany Thornton and Sterling Knight from Disney's Sunny with a Chance. Well, now we are back with a brand-new show. I actually had to hold off on doing YNR commentary today during the live show simply because of this reason. I'm about to introduce you to somebody who I have the pleasure of meeting on Twitter uh, because everybody pretty much talked about him no matter where I looked, and I checked him out, and he's pretty much one of the coolest himbos out there in Canada, and we're going to delve into exactly what is a himbo. So let's bring him on, while, and we're going to safely deconstruct Genoa City on the air. Sean Prue. You're so sweet, Navelle. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm very, very good. All is well here in Toronto, former home of Diane Jenkins. <laughs> yes, um, yes, uh, I heard. Um, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> she was rooming with me for a little while, as a matter of fact, when she first got to town. Little known fact. Oh, she? <laughs> oh, so you're the one that sent her back to Genoa City to wreak havoc all over again. That's great. It was new, Kyle. It was Kyle. Oh. I couldn't handle Kyle in my hair all day long. Oh, yes, because you, you, you do have to uh, keep your hair all nice and nice, <laughs> yeah, right? You can't have anybody messing up with everything that makes Sean Prue Sean Prue, right? Stop it. Stop it. Well, it's so nice to be on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, well, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Are you kidding me? What? Well, we have so much in common with the YNR. I mean, I, I feel um, meeting you on Twitter, we have this um, synchronicity and this obsession and this passion for all things Genoa City. So I'm so looking forward to dishing because there's so much to dish about. And I hope I don't yeah, get in trouble either. Because I've been in trouble. Why would you, on my why would you get into trouble? Because you know, I mean, you mentioned Himbo, and and that's my my blog. And, and if people don't know, Himbo is just a male bimbo. So just a bit of fun with that word. And um, and so you know, every week or so, we deconstruct Genoa City, as as you put it. And it's just opinion on 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 the show that I've been you know watching for two decades, and that I'm obsessed by, and I've, I've been on the set before, and got to interview so many of the, the cast and meet them, as you have as well. And uh, and then you start to state your opinion, right, on, on the way the show's going and stuff. And, oh, there are some loyal fans out there, and if you touch on <laughs> someone that they love, you get the hate mail. I don't I don't get hate mail. I just get bashed. I get bashed on Facebook and Twitter because – you, you, I'm going to start this off right now. Uh, of course, everybody knows this, and I'm going to put this out there right now for those of you who don't know. Um, I'm a... 
<laughs> I am friends with Mr. Goddard, who plays Kane Ashby on the show. I know. He's, he's oh goodness. <laughs> he's been on the show several times, and I have made a staking claim saying that it would be interesting to see uh, Kane with somebody else on the show, and there's a lot of Lane fans out there, and I pretty much got castrated. Well, I, I know, and, and, and I'm on your court, so we'll both be castrated together, because I, 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 uh, I think Daniel Goddard is um, a real gentleman, and, and I just uh, spent time with him when he was in Toronto two weeks ago, and, and a really terrific actor, and I think he would be better with an older woman. You know, Jill's not his mother now. <laughs> that's, sorry, that's a little far-reaching of the old, older category here, okay? Uh, I, was, I was thinking someone along the lines of Phyllis, maybe. They could have some garbage dumpster sex, too. I, I, that's dumpster sex. Man, that's gone a long way. I loved that stuff with Deacon and, 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 uh, and, and Phyllis in, in the dumpster. But you know what I think they're doing a really good job of on Y&R right now? is um, pairing people up you wouldn't expect. So, like, Deacon and Phyllis for that those scenes. And um, and then Deacon and Nikki right now. Who would have ever oh, yeah. thought? Who would have thought? But I love it. But I'm not I'm not a Lane fan. I'm a, Den, I'm, I'm, I'm a Kane fan, but I'm not a Lily fan. Here goes the castration oh. right now. I'm not. Oh. I find Lily whiny. I find Lily whiny. Really? I do. I do. I find her whiny. I couldn't put up with her. <laughs> if I were gay, I'd, I'd be like, she's okay. in the Okay, I will feel that comment with this. I really thought she was really whiny when Crystal first came on the show, and I couldn't stand her voice. Okay. <laughs> At all. It, it got to a point where I had to mute the television. I get it. I had to mute the television and put the closed captions on to, so I know what she was saying. I just did not want to hear her voice. I and, I, um, I think a lot of young girls have that whiny Paris Hilton kind of voice going on, a sort of like baby sort of thing going on. Um, but she she's not a teenager anymore. Like she's a young woman with a hot man, and you know she needs to woman it up. <laughs> And she hasn't done so yet, in your opinion, huh? Well, uh, uh, I, I would say more Australian meat for Lily. I'm going to send her more of that Australian meat for the barbecue. That's how I'll leave that one. Oh, goodness. Yeah, this is pretty much going against the fact that even though Kane is a good guy, Daniel is such a pervert. It's really right now not feeling my comments anymore with your comments. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm heard sorry, dude. I, I gotta tell you, he may be a gentleman, but homie's a pervert. You just well, don't know. <laughs> gentlemen can be rude, and and we shot um, an interview. Him and I, we're we're putting together. I have a um, a talk show here in Canada, and we're putting together a salute to the young and the restless. So when he was in town um, uh, two weeks ago, we did a, a, a conversation, and then the the cameras were still rolling, but we were done. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the stuff that we were talking about that we caught on camera because the cameras were still rolling, we'll never make it to the salute to the young <laughs> So I do know Daniel Goddard is a pervert if he's listening. I know. <laughs> okay. 
All right, as long as as long as you're well aware that you... <laughs> the gentleman can be pervert. Uh, as long as you're aware that he's a pervert, and I just, we we just pretty much got told just now on Twitter, uh, basically Kate Ferlane said that we're we're going to have to have words with her because Jill or Phyllis, are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't even know if I put him. What about Diane? Oh, I said I said the other day. I I normally do my commentary on Twitter, and I have to hold off today because we're doing it right now. I said the other day once Diane blew into town that she's going to make her way into Gentleman's City and pretty much meet all the men in town, and Sharon needs to up her A-game, otherwise Diane's going to take her claim as the slut in Gentleman's City. Oh, yeah. Or the town tramp, or the town tramp, one of the two, whatever one you want to call her. And someone already said, Kane better not make it into Diane Jenkins' orbit. (laughs) I, uh, I, I love Susan Walters as Diane. But I, I have to tell you this about Maura West coming to town, and then she really is the cyclone or the tornado that's really hitting to in the city right now. But she, um, I don't watch As the World Turns. I know it's not on anymore, but, but sometimes it was on at the gym when I'd be working out or you're flicking through channels or whatever. And whenever she was on, she's got so much star power that I would stop what I was doing and just watch her. I didn't know the soap. I didn't know the storylines, but she's got a mesmerizing quality about her. And I know she's really talented just from reading about her and knowing the industry and stuff like that. So having that her come on and, and all the people that Diane Jenkins is mixed up with in Genoa City anyway, from Victor to Jack to, um, um, to Phyllis and, 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 and all their backstory, and have Maura West doing it is just like one of the best things I think Weiner has done for itself, given the fact that it hasn't done itself some favors over the past couple of years with some of the storylines. Silver Chipmunk, anyone? Oh, let's not rehash that one, please. <laughs> I saw that. That was that awful. That was awful. Yeah, that didn't work. I don't like the fantastic um, when they wrote that storyline. Please tell me right now. I was stoned to watch that storyline. <laughs> now, see, I work in a pharmacy. I'm around drugs all day. No amount of codeine or Percocet or Xanax combined made me stoned enough until I watched that crap. Maybe you need Canadian drugs. Uh-uh. Um, I didn't say I took them. I'm just saying if I did, it probably would not even make me stoned as that storyline made me stoned just by watching it because, honest to God, I swear, I was on another planet. I was on Seth Heaven when I was watching that storyline. Are you kidding me? What the hell was that stuff? Yeah, no, I, I didn't like it. I don't like that kind of really fantastical storytelling. I, I can I can believe anything you want to dish out, but once you're sort of, you know, in the back of a truck with a with a squirrel or a chipmunk outfit on, um, no, I'll pass on that. I'll pass on that. I like sort of family stories. I, I like traditional stories. I like power stories. I like love stories. Um, and I, I like drama and intrigue and thrillers and stuff, but, you know, it's sort of, I remember uh, years ago when, when Days of Our Lives had Marlena levitating and stuff like that. I'm like, no, none of that. It's too passionate. Ah, the possession stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's too passions for me, you know, this kind of freaky weird stuff. You know what I love right now? Uh, do you, what do you think of the new Abby? She's not that new anymore, but... Oh, uh, Marjorie fire. I love her to death. I, I really do. Before I touch on on that, 
what you were saying about Mara West, though, I was skeptical of her coming onto the show, uh, playing oh. Diane. I was skeptical because, you know, I've watched Mara on As World Turns for 15 years. You yeah. know, I grew up with World Turns. That was my first show that I ever, ever got into before I watched any of the rest of the CBS Daytime. Um, and, you know, Mara West first portraying the role of Carly back in 95 and playing it for 15 years straight through, uh, you know, I pretty much was like, I'm going to just see Carly Tenney Snyder in Genoa City is basically what I'm seeing. I pretty much ate my words. Really? Um, probably the second day. The second day when she and Nikki, uh, Melody Thomas Scott, had their scenes and they faced off. I ate my words just by that one scene alone when she basically just called Nikki out, saying that she's an ex-stripper, pill-popping, alcoholic mother. I'm uh-huh. like, dude, that was freaking awesome. I was sold. You know, my fiance. Just by that one scene alone. Yeah, I, I know the scene because my fiance said that he was he, he watched it before I saw it. And he said, "You're not going to believe how great Moore is up against Melody Thomas Scott." And you got to remember, I guess this is her first or second day on the set, you know. So anybody would be nervous, no matter how talented they are. Anyone, you know, a lot to handle. And Melody Thomas Scott, to me right now, is at the top of her game again because of the alcoholism storyline, which is probably my favorite storyline right now. So, yeah, you're right. When when she had uh, was read that way by um, Diane so skillfully, that was just like, yeah, great move, great move bringing her on the show. I honestly have to drink whatever it is Genoa City people drink because they get younger every year when you're an adult, <laughs> that is. I, I have to. I don't know what it is in that water that they're drinking, but I got to have some. Are you kidding if you go on my blog, Kimbo, it shows you what they're drinking in Genoa City. It's martinis. Because yeah, I thought it was so yes, funny. Yes, I that did I, see that today. I saw that today. You posted all these pictures of Diane having not one, not two, not three, but four martinis in one episode. In the she same episode. In the same episode, went from place to place to place to place, having martinis. I was like, how are you able to drive around town? <laughs> and they're huge. You know, they're man-sized martinis. They're not little, little delicate things. She just had this Nikki massive Nikki was martinis. tore up from the floor up after one drink. How <laughs> well, was that know. man able to go from town to town drinking martinis that were big in these glasses and not look like she was shit-faced? <laughs> That's what they're drinking in Genoa City. You wanted to know, now you know. I, I obviously need to change up my drinking habits because all I drink is Kool-Aid. I, I must be doing something wrong with my life. I really Don't do. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Well, it depends on which Kool-Aid you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you thinking of, um, you were going to start say what you thought of uh, Marcy Rowland, yes, Marcy Rowland, yes, uh, Marcy Rowland as Abby, what a move they made hiring her, uh, I, I I loved her even when she was on Good Night, but basically just her first scene alone when she just decided to go ahead and just show the world, hey, look at my naked body, I'm like, well, shit, girl, I already love you now, <laughs> that, <laughs> you just that wasn't, your that was, there it is, and full frontal nudity, that's great, uh, <laughs> And I talked to, actually talked to her about that scene, and she said how scared she was doing that scene because she was just 
so much so she just had the baby in real life. Uh, Marcy just had her child in real life, so she still had some of the baby fat. Yeah. And she was, like, so scared about, like, being naked in front of the camera, you know, and I'm just like, well, we weren't going to see that part of your body anyway, so really, what does it matter? And <laughs> but she was like, no, but I'm standing in front of all these people, and they've got to check me out, and I'm just, like, having a baby. I'm still have showing baby fat on me, and I'm like, uh, we didn't see it. <laughs> I think I think she's she's another terrific performer on the show right now, and and I and I kind of like the former actor who played um, Abby because she was very sort of like she reminded me a lot of the Gossip Girls that 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 I know, and and and, and they didn't do very much with her character while that actor was playing her, and I can see that they've done a complete about face and a complete switch of of what the character is about with the naked era suddenly. Um, but I don't think she could have pulled all that off. But Marcy Ryland is delicious. And, and the scene we saw recently where she was in the hospital on the anniversary of Colleen's death and, um, and, and shoot out both Jack and Victor, I'm like, that's your Emmy reel right there, girl. I thought that scene was amazing. To see her go up against both Peter Bergman and Eric Braden in that one scene, that was absolutely fantastic and incredible. I said, girl, just submit your Emmy reel right now. Fantastic. And she, she's holding her own on the show again. So many of the seasoned veterans, it's, it's not even funny. I, I commend her and applaud her for all that work that she's doing opposite all those people. Because that's not easy, acting opposite against those people, in my opinion. Well, the show's got a lot of, of strong performers on there, so you're right, it's not... I think, I mean, seriously, Eric Braden scares me to death. I do. <laughs> and I've talked to him before. And he scares me to death. He was no, I mean, the first time I talked to him, I was on the other side of the computer trembling. Really? I was trembling. I was trembling. I seriously was trembling. And you can tell uh, I was shaking a little bit when you hear me, but I was shaking like a leaf. And as soon as he got off the phone, I said, I was scared shitless. He, Those he were my first words. He came to Toronto once, and um, and he did a personal appearance, and he did it in um, on Bay Street, which is is Canada's Wall Street, and he was in one of the power towers doing his his appearance, um, kind of in a main concourse area. You've never seen, and I don't know whether you know this or or um, your 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 listeners in the U.S. know this, but Toronto is a huge YNR town. We love the YNR here in Toronto, and. And so you've never seen all of these power brokers, these stock brokers, these financial wizards, all stopped their day in the middle of a trading day and all went down to where Eric Braden was doing his personal appearance to watch, like, the king of, you know, capitalism in real life before their very eyes. So he has that magic star power that I, I can understand why you would have been nervous talking to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... uh <laughs> You watched YR for two decades, so you pretty much watched it when it was in its glory. Oh, all of to it, its yeah. point. All of it, to where it is at right now, where it's like on days, you know you can be good, but why you have to be lazy <laughs> on <laughs> other days. I'm like, you, you. you have it. There were days this week that it proved that it can do good, pure drama. Why can't you do that all the time? Enlighten me on that. You can't do that all the time. In other days, you have to suck so bad. Um, 
Yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that comment kind of, because I was about to go somewhere naughty with that statement. <laughs> I was so about to go somewhere with that comment, and I just stopped. I just, I knew it. It was coming. It was coming, and if that one other person was on the line right now and he egged me on, it would have been said. But it was coming. <laughs> you know what's interesting was, is um, <laughs> that. I uh, I had the chance to go um, on the set of one hour uh, with my friend Christine Fix from Soaps.com. She's the editor, and um, and she she took me on the trip, and we we were on the set of The Young and the Restless. I guess it was two Junes ago, and um, and I was watching a scene between Amber and um, Catherine being shot, and then afterwards I got to sit down and interview Jeannie Cooper, who plays Catherine, and she said something really interesting um, that makes that uh, that I'm reminded of with your comments about sort of like laziness or whatever, I asked her how it was to have been playing a role like this since 1972. And she said, you know, after a while, it becomes such a habit, such a habit to just show up and play this character. And I, and I, I, I hear your comments about sometimes people appearing kind of lazy on the show, and I think, I, I, think I can understand if I um, had been at the same job playing the same character for a while that there are going to be some days when I'm just not going to be as good as others, even though I've paid a fortune, because it's a kind yeah. of a habit now. It's, I can do it in my sleep now. So I think sometimes that's what happens to people, don't you? Oh, absolutely it does. I mean, I, I know that people get bored um, sometimes playing a role that they play for so many years. You, you tend to, there are be points where you do get bored with it, with the role, and that's Highly understandable. Of course, I understand it. Um, but it, you know, like I said, it happens. But as far as the characters and the actors go, what about the writing? <laughs> Why is the writing boring? <laughs> what are you What are you finding boring? Um. Well, like I said, there's some instances where there are days where it's boring. I um. What day did it air? Was it Monday? It was either Monday or Tuesday, and I I want to like Sophia so much. I really do, but I can't but like her. I why? can't like her. She's just so blah. Right. They're just writing her like so blah. Like why? She's not interesting to me. Why are you not making this character interesting to me? Why are you not making? If you're gonna have Neil and Sophia in a scene together, make them interesting. Make them do something with them. Show them that they're just not boring. Yeah, and, and, and I'm still sitting um, there at, at eating chicken chow mein or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, make this. It uh, is. I, I get it if that's what you're calling lazy. And, and I, I feel that a lot of the sass that Sophia has, has had brought to the table when we have seen it be interesting is really on, on uh, is it Julia Pace Mitchell? Is that mm-hmm. It's really on, yeah. on her good doing as an actor, bringing some sass into it. But I, I will say this about having her on. I'm so happy to see a woman with curves on daytime instead of some toothbrush. You know what I mean? It's been oh, really good. refreshing to see them hire someone um, realistic. Uh, so that, that sort of made me happy. But the whole Winters family, like what happened to the Winters family anyway as a major family on the show. Like, that's just got, like, Devon. You never see any more Neil. It's never on. 
you know, we've got Lily, but we've talked about her already. I think she's on mostly because of Kane. She's not on because of the Winters family. Oh, absolutely. So I, I have to agree family. with that. I have to agree with that. She is probably on because of Kane. No, you know, no offense to the actors at all. But, yeah, she's on pretty much because of Kane. If it wasn't for Kane, then we would probably see her. And if Kane took up with Phyllis, like we were talking about jokingly earlier on in the show, um, if he did that, where would Lily be? There's nothing for her to do. So I think it's, it's, she's dependent, the character's dependent on Kane, not the other way around. Well, here's here's my question. I um, I know you talked to her, I talked to her, and... I knew we were going to go here. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you know where I'm going here, then I know that's a no. question. Okay, so then, since you know where I'm going, go ahead and answer Well, there's, there's many questions we can ask, but we're going to talk about Victoria Rao, right? Uh-huh. I, um, I, I've, I've, I've read uh, her book, um, and she was on. I used to have a radio show um, before I, I, I got a talk show, um, and she was on my radio show, and we had a really um, – Amazing conversation, and um, it's actually posted on Himbo. You can you can hear the audio there, and, and you you probably heard it. I've heard your interview with her. Um, I did. I really I really respect um, her as a businesswoman and as a marketeer. And you know, speaking as a gay man, I really respect her fight for her point of view about um, of minorities and, and and the way they're being portrayed um, in a genre. Um, that makes most of its money off of advertising to minorities. I really, really, really understand her and and respect her point of view a lot. But she's like a lot of people I know when they're strong-willed. And she just says what she thinks and doesn't really give a rat's ass. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I think that the end result sometimes is that, you know, if you're YNR, are you going to hire her back? I would right. love to see her come back, so I'm not saying don't hire her back at all. But, you know, if anyone's followed Victoria Bell on Twitter, and I do um, with great respect, sometimes you're like, ay, ay, you just said that, girl. I, I love and respect what she has to say. Um, there are points that she makes are valid, but yep. this, in this game right now, how far it's going and how far it's been taken to, I don't see her coming back onto the show, let alone being asked to come back. And if yeah. she did get asked that, they wouldn't write her to the way that she wants to be write, uh, written on the show. Write it. Yeah. Wow, that's a word. Uh, written on the show, like how she used to be. So yeah. it's not, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen, and unfortunately so. And, and but you know what I, I I I reiterate what I said. I admire that she's taking the standpoint that she's taking anyway. Do you know what I mean? Cause, because she yeah. could she could acquiesce and she she could sort of like roll over and and and, and get her job back. Certainly she's got the fan support and and and, uh, and 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 my my support as a fan and I know your support as a fan. Um, but uh, she's still going to do it by her own rules even if that doesn't get her back on the show. And I really respect that. Did you, um, well, 
you're in Canada, so you get it a day ahead, which I'm highly jealous of, by the way. <laughs> I am. I'm highly jealous of you guys. I don't understand how you guys can get it at dad. I hate you all. I hate you, but I love you at the same time. And it does suck. <laughs> well, you're and always welcome to come to Toronto and watch it together. I, I, well, I appreciate that. I would like to make a trip to Toronto just so I could watch it at day ahead. And, <laughs> and well, first, everybody know um, before I get into that, um, let me make a side note, because if I don't make it, everybody will ask me if I'm sick. Yes, I want the opening updated. I want it updated oh, yeah. like yesterday. You I raised the cannot point. believe they put back Eileen Davidson in it. I was so I haven't seen her back in yet. By them. What's that? I understand, I understand they're really expensive, and, and, and that goes back to Victoria Rouse. She was tweeting about it took her four years to get in the credits because they were too expensive to update. But, you know, I'm not sure how – then, then do a, a less expensive version or something or recreate something that's affordable that shows more people off. You know, like we see in the opening credits, um, Daniel running along the beach after Lily. That was like 25,000 years ago, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, they're all of those young. I'm like, this is, I mean, I know you are called the young and the restless, but please, they've gotten older in the past five years. Let's, let's show them a little bit old and restless now in the opening. Please, I, I beg of you, and let's get some of the new people in there because, you know, they've got to get some love too, and they're not being shown. I mean, they could at least do something with the bumpers. If they could use the bumper images in an opening or go back to the Sandy DeVore drawings or uh, those cheesy poses that they did back in the early 90s where they would spin where they spun around so much that even the viewers got dizzy <laughs> you, you know what I, I, I'm, uh, I'm appreciating more all the time and I, and I hear it when you're talking right now and, and, and certainly with interaction with people on Twitter or my blog Himbo about YNR I, I always knew and it's about daytime soap operas in general I always knew that the fans of of this genre are really passionate, but hearing you say things like the Sandy DeVore drawings and, and that sort of stuff, like you so know your stuff and, and, and I have my stuff and, and my takes on it, but I love the way people are almost rabid fans about this genre. Don't, don't you know what I mean? The, the, the fans I do of the poppers can't be beat. They can't be beat. They love their show. We know more about it than they, we know more about it than the show does. You kidding? Totally. Because then they'll write something. You're like, no. You know what? That character wouldn't say that. That character wouldn't do that. You know, like I mean, right. the whole Ashley thing with the purple dress and and and, and Adam. Um, you know that that whole gaslighting storyline was hard to watch sometimes because you're like, okay, you're a dynamic cosmetics executive, and I know you've had your mental problems and stuff like that, but really, really, you're falling apart like this, really. That's what's hard to watch sometimes. I, also see, I, was, to watch I thought you were about to scale back 10 years ago with the sperm thing when you said that about Ashley. I'm like, I'm like rewinding back to the, the sperm uh, story. Which came up again in conversation already with, with more West. It was one of the first things he talked about was his damn stolen sperm. I even know as a bit of trivia that um, they stopped saying sperm on the show. I guess that was kind of a word that um, CBS is getting tired of hearing their staff, their actors, say all the time, sperm, sperm, 
<laughs> so they called it other Why? Is there sperm going around the studio somewhere we don't know about as a company? Why? <laughs> Somebody's popping spit behind the scenes and sperm's getting into the ladies' bodies and they're getting pregnant? What? <laughs> well, what's going on? Why can't we say sperm? I, I don't know. You know how the networks are. Sometimes they get all queasy about stuff. I'm surprised that at one point it seemed like there were three gay men in Genoa City, Philip, Rafe, and when Adam was pretending to be gay, all at once. That really surprised me. I wish they had done more or would do more with that um, topic because other soaps have covered it, and um, and there's so many gay fans of YNR. It would be really nice to see them do something um, serious and mature um, and then have, like, a Rafe and Philip romance. Dare I say it? You said it. I'm not I said it. We're not FCC compliant. I know there is that. I feel that YNR is political and conservative amongst that category and topic anyway, so I kind of thought that they could explore something like that. And here was the thing about that. I, I kind of thought once that was going down, once they said Philip was going to be gay, I thought it was John Driscoll's character, because he was right on it, Philip oh. and whatnot. So I thought they were describing it for him. Lo and behold, they were describing it for Tom Beard and Doug returned to the show. I'm like, well, that was an epic fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hashtag epic fail. Yeah, hashtag John epic Driscoll. fail on Twitter, yes. I'm not missing chance at all. You and probably a lot of other people, which is a shame. It is a shame, but I think that they'll probably bring back another actor who's maybe a little more seasoned, and they'll explain that he was in a witness protection program and had some, you know, reconstructive surgery to change his identity so he could come back to his family or something, and it'll be someone who's maybe got a bit more... Maybe it'll be Victor giving him plastic surgery, giving him a whole new name to wreak havoc in Genoa City. Like... Patty Williams and Kitty Benson kind of thing. I loved that, that storyline. That was kind of that was a that was very uh what's the word I want to use for that? What's the word you want to use for that? I don't know. I I, I guess I can say that was kind of uh, interesting. I guess that's a nice way of putting it. I don't have <laughs> any other words for that. I, really I don't. Love, I, I mean, I love I love Stacey Hyde to death. Everybody knows that. But my God, man. Talking to a stuffed kitty, like every day. She the hell out of that stuff. I, I think she the is between a really good actor and someone who doesn't pull their own weight. And, and maybe we won't mention names, but Stacey Hyduke had some really stupid stuff to do, and she had two roles to do, and she had some really amazing stuff to do. And it didn't matter what you gave her; she did it, and she was gorgeous doing it. And, and, and I was so oh, disappointed when they wrote Emily out because I would have loved to just have her around just because she was so good. Yeah. See, I'm gonna get upset again because I I, I miss my Stacey. Everybody knew knows I'm crushing on her hard. That's all right. Yeah, I was crushing on her too. She had that that like the rock and body and the great hair and the great face and the great talent and it's like wait. Everyone thought I was Virgo. about to. Everyone thought I was about to drop trowel when I saw her. Like seriously, <laughs> because hey, I'm not ashamed to say any of this stuff here. It's and the first time I saw her, which was at the YNR event uh, last year. Mm. We got something on videotape. We were just, like, recording stuff. And 
everyone said we looked hot and heavy in the camera. I looked up and down at her. She looked up and down at me. They all thought I was about to drop trout right there in front of her and just said, let's get it on and let's get busy. <laughs> and I said, did it really look like that? And everyone said, yes, it did. And so I said, wow, I didn't realize it I looked that hot and heavy. Maybe we need to send this to Y&R and show them something because we don't get hot and heavy anymore. That's the other thing you know what? on daytime. No one, no one does hot and heavy things anymore except Phyllis and Deacon with garbage sex. And uh, that, that's all we've pretty much have gotten. That, that boggles my mind, too, because there used to be a time when the question was, are soap operas too racy for daytime? And they really seem to have tamed down uh, a lot. And, and you think about the um, imminent cancellation of other soap operas and the cancellation of As the World Turns and Guiding Light in the past year. And, and, and it sort of begs the question, do we need some of the more old-school ingredients back? Like, do you remember when Jack got um, almost caught in bed with Nikki? And this is when Terry Lester played Jack. And um, Victor came home, and he hid in, um, I, I think, a wardrobe or something when Victor entered the mm-hmm. room. Like, stuff was hot and heavy. And I remember a, a sex scene between Jill and, um, oh God, he was some sort of construction worker. And I think Nina thought he was her father for a while, if you remember that guy. There was a, a sex scene between those guys. Um, that, that I remember to this day, and uh, it, it was vaguely soft porn. It was so hot, and that's not there anymore. And I don't know whether it's a you know conservative broadcast system or, or or just different kinds of writers and stuff. But I'd rather see that than you know uh, 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 Abby coming into the GCAC on a horse naked. You know what I mean? There's a big difference. Yes. <laughs> Um, and while you were saying that, I just immediately just flashed to Phyllis and Adam, like, giving each other kisses and busting into his apartment, and Jack and Sky were, like, already on the bed, almost getting ready to take off their clothes. I said, really? That's not hot. Sky's a skank. She's a slut. <laughs> you need to get pegged down a few, and and there it is. And I love Michael Muni to death. He, he, you know, I like his portrayal of Adam. I really do. Um it's weird because uh, the previous actor, Chris Egan, came into his own towards the end of it, and, you know, I was kind of interested to see where he was going to take the role, and then he also leaves, and then here comes Mike Muni coming in right into the pool. He just made the role of his own. I'm like, Chris who? Totally, totally, and it was such a funny thing, and, and my fiancé and I say this all the time because, you know, according to the reports, and, and only Chris Egan really knows what he, he decided to do, but it, uh, I, it's my understanding that it had something to do with the notion of Adam maybe being gay made him really uncomfortable, and, and, and that never even panned out on the show. And so sometimes I wonder, like, did Chris Engen watch this and see that he made much ado about nothing and lost kind of well, one of the bigger roles of, of a career? You know, it was kind of a, a bad move, and I never really felt too much sympathy about that because obviously as a gay guy, it's offensive to think of an actor um, not wanting to play a gay guy, but, you know, happy mm-hmm. to play a murderer type of thing. It's, so I, I never had any kind of sympathy um, for that. But I, you're right, Michael Mooney came on day one. I, I was like, you, Chris who? So Michael's been a huge asset to the show, and it sort of felt like it became the Adam show for a while, like over the summer, for sure. It felt like the Adam show. It was all about Adam every day, all day. It did, but, you know, it... I've never really 
mind that when it's a good actor. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's kind of uh, bad. I know, that's bad. But, you know, if it's a good actor and they're able to do it, I'm all for it. And did you watch yesterday's episode, which was our today's episode? No, I was out last night, so I'm now, like, one episode behind. Don't spoil that. What happened? No, don't go. <laughs> uh, they went to fisticuffs today. I, I'm sure you heard. No, I didn't. I try and avoid all the spoilers. What were they fighting over? Sky? No, no, no. Uh... No, uh, Kane and Blake, Pauline and Daniel Goddard, their scenes today, they went, they came to fisticuffs. I said, all right, Dar, go ahead. Go oh, ahead and unleash your beast master on, onto that other Aussie. Congratulations. I, <laughs> wow. It just, just came to blows, like, right there and there. Like, the tornado is already, like, swooping down, and... Lily lets out this huge scream. There she is. She sees Blake outside the window. He goes out and tries to check to see everything. Blake just comes and just topples on the cane and just starts punching his ass, punching his lights out. And the cane just overpowers oh. him and just knocks him out. I said, wow, dude, like you're fully dressed, but you're just right now the Beastmaster, right now doing these things. <laughs> I'm so glad Daniel Goddard has a really good storyline right now. It was hard to watch him kind of pussy whipped in that cancer storyline with Lily, like he was basically her, her accessory. I'm sorry, did you say that he was pussy-whipped during that storyline? I, I did. I just want to make sure that I heard you right. You said he, he, he was pussy-whipped, right? I did. You're right. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's you. No, I felt the same way. Are you kidding me? I'm like, Kane, why are you right now acting like such a huge freaking crap-tastically good guy right now? Where is your spine? Where is your edge? Love yeah, know he's totally. got his back now. And, and he's a loving husband, and I get that that was what, what he was supposed to be doing, and, and I bet you nine million Americans fell in love with him. And I know everybody knows yep. that they love each other, blah, blah, blah. Please <laughs> throw me a bone, give me a towel, wipe my tears away. I'm like, dude, you need to get an edge. I, I'm sorry, but I'm now sick and tired of you, you saying, I love Lily, I have to be there by her side, all this stuff. You made me gag a spoon. And <laughs> well, not anymore. And He's got his not anymore. It, it, was, it was tough to watch. It was tough to watch. And I know I've said numerous times once the whole reveal came out that he was not Philip Chandler, that uh, he needed time. The character needed time in order to build his following back with his, with the family and every, everything of the sort. You know, Bill's uh, not his mother anymore, like you said. Why was it like as soon as you turned around, She's wanting to basically legalize Cain being her son. She's always, like she's always thought of him as her son, and he will always be her son. And what happened to Billy? I know. Well, Billy I was know. your prime, primary concern here. Why all of a sudden is this Australian dude, who's now no longer talking like an Australian man, <laughs> is now being considered your son over your flesh and blood? You know, you popped him out of your uterus. And now all of a sudden he's like next to nil to you. He married Victoria. Big deal. So what? what? Support your boy. It's what you said earlier. It's the forgotten details that that, that it seems like the writers sometimes forget. 
that you, uh, as a as a longtime viewer and fan, all you know all these details, and so you see when a, a character isn't making any sense anymore. And I think we all do. And it's it's a uh, I guess it's one of the sort of like pitfalls of being a soap opera fan is that you well, know it's not when even it's that not too. working, and, and, it's not working. It makes no sense. It's not working. But the other thing is here's the other thing too. I mean, even with newer people that came in, they saw how Jill was to. Billy, I wouldn't say newer. I would say maybe about five years ago. Maybe maybe we'll go that far. Maybe I'll give it a good five years. Maybe it's not six. And um, <laughs> I'll, give it, I'll give it about six. And I, when Kane came on the show, it's been almost three years ago now. It'll be three years, I think, in January. Mm-hmm. Three years in January. And that whole storyline was unfolding about him possibly being Jill Abbott's son that yep. Catherine was saying that she gave her baby up and all that, all, all that other crap. It's it just, I don't think we were actually supposed to like it. No, like I said, this is nothing to do with the actors. These are the actors that are playing the part that is written for them. Most totally. The character, though, I'm sorry. I don't think we were actually supposed to like him at all. No, no, I agree. The, the I one character we're supposed to—they were forcing Kane down our throats for us to like him. Yes, I, I think that which exactly is what I right. really hated about it. Yeah, it, 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 it drives me nuts too when when someone doesn't make sense. And the, the one character to me um, that never makes any sense is Sharon. Now she just is written. So, like, that girl has moved from the hotel to the Abbott Mansion to the ranch. To why are we talking places? She moved on from, why are we talking places? She moved from Nick. She moved from whatever Greg Vaughn played. She moved back to Nick. She moved on to Victor. She moved on to Nick again. She moved on to Adam. She moved on to Nick again. She moved on to Jack. She moved on to Nick again. I mean, seriously, let's not talk places here. Let's talk about men she's screwed. Totally, and no AIDS test in the middle of any of that, even though at one point she's had sex with three different guys and was pregnant by one of them. That meant that she'd had unprotected sex with all three of them. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then what makes it worse, in my opinion, is that we're supposed to, as viewers, swallow the idea that she's some sort of, like, perfect woman, golden goddess that everybody is willing to risk everything, Jack, Adam, to be with. And it's like, no, you've actually kind of made her really trashy now. She's not, unfortunately, and nothing against Sharon's case at all. You kind of change her into this kind of like position of being a really screwed up character. The only time I ever thought the writing and the character and the actor were in perfect sync was when they started to play it that Sharon had um, maybe a little bit of a multiple personality thing going on and she was scamming things and kleptomania and blacking out and stuff like that. When they started doing that, I'm like, oh, this would really make it all make perfect sense as to why she's always been so erratic and neurotic and and weird. And I, I would so prefer that over her supposed to being like this all-American golden girl that everybody wants to be with, because in reality, you wouldn't want to be with a woman like that. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it was funny when I got your email and I was reading it how you said we were going to talk about Sharon and how 
she's not all that and a bag of chips. I'm like, well, no, not anymore. Was she years ago? Yeah, maybe. But they, like you said just now, they made her so trashy. She just basically d- destructed her character. I don't. It, I, that was never her forte ever in the show no. at all. But they no. made her that way, and and I'm cool with other, that. Mm. I'm cool with that, but just don't keep trying to like everybody. You know, Adam's this obsession with her, and 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 Nick. You know, always going to her rescue over Phyllis. You know, it's yeah. just like, come on! Like every every smart businessman I know would not have anything to do with Sharon. Yet you two supposed, you know, world class billionaires are tripping over each other to get to her, and it's like mm, not buying it. And it's on all the time. Like this is a major focus of the show. So when you talk about flaws and things that could be improved upon, some decision-making around that would be amazing. I got a tweet from Susan Rodeo saying, Sharon and Diane are being shown as the town bicycles. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> I love her. I love her. <laughs> I love that woman. What's her name? Her Twitter name is Susan Rodeo. It's Susan underscore Rodeo. I get it. Tell her I love her. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, wow, that just made me just laugh out loud really hard. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's ingenious. I like that. I want you well, to that's rewind, gonna go though. That's going to go in I might use that line. I'll definitely credit her. I'll definitely credit her. But I will... Um, I want you, you. You don't like Sky. You called Sky skanky. Was that a, was that in a good way or a bad way? She's skanky. I like Sky, but she's skanky. Okay, and cool. I'm I like Sky, but she's skanky. I hate Maggie. There's a difference. <laughs> well, can I give you the Canadian perspective on Maggie for a second? Because she's all about Ottawa, and Ottawa is 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 our name. I'm sorry, capital. but from what I've heard from Christine Fix, how she's portraying Canadians in Ottawa right now is pretty much uh, not correct. It's absolutely incorrect, <laughs> and she's basically so, insulting Canadians on TV right now. And of course, Christine's from Soaps.com, and 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 she and I have had this conversation. We're pals, and it's hard to watch because not only is it just a Canadian city. But it's our nation's capital, and so when when it, when it, when the show went to Ottawa and was showing like all these skanky people and these dive bars and stuff, and we're like, you have no idea what a pristine and manicured capital city Ottawa is. And so then to have Maggie coming around, and I don't mind that she's like the new Sheila Carter, evil, evil. I'm fine with that. I really like Sean Young doing this stuff, but the frumpy outfits and the crazy hair and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, this is just so embarrassing for our nation's capital. That that's She's snooky-fying herself for you Canadians. That's what that is. And I would <laughs> never, I would never compare Maggie to Sheila Carter, ever. Oh, really? I would never compare Maggie to Sheila Carter, at least when, I mean, yeah, Sheila Carter was, you know, a viable, evil, despicable bitch, but, but she did things... She, um, basically because she loved Scott, she loved Eric, she, she basically was able to show that she had feelings and she acted within what she thought she was doing was correct. And at least she had feelings for these people that she loved fully. 
in doing what she was doing. What does Maggie, why is Maggie doing this again? Because she wants to get in Victor's pants? What? Is there anybody on the right now that doesn't want to get in Victor's pants? But there's a backstory with Murphy, so I'm not actually sure if she does have, if she doesn't have any of those kind of qualities. Like, who was the other guy in the photo with her and Murphy? Right? Like, um, there's some kind of past there. And I'm not saying as that... As long as the past does not involve singing, I don't care. Oh, yes. Before we go, we have to touch on that. No characters on a soap opera should sing. They should not sing. Don't sing. That means you... Don't know ever I'm sing. Awful. Awful. Ever sing. Care. It's hard to watch. I didn't terrible. like it when Gina did it. I didn't like it when Farron Connors did it. I didn't like it when Lauren and Danny did it. <laughs> it's not Glee. I watched the episode when Lauren and Danny did that concert, and seriously, I had to shut it off. <laughs> I have nightmares about that to this day, and I'm not exaggerating. I had to shut it off. It was bad enough I had to watch them do this episode with that 80s hair. I had to shut it off. <laughs> No one on Y&R needs to be singing. And if you're going to sing playing the guitar, at least play it correctly to the notes. Yeah, I, I can't speak to his guitar playing, no, his guitar playing, but I just don't want to see it. And I don't want the spontaneous stuff. I just don't. Just don't. And I have a feeling that they're going to do a lot of that now because Devon, who we saw for the first time in nine months, suddenly wanted to get together and record music. So that doesn't look good for any of us who don't like singing characters, but I think Where do we that's... sign up to protest? <laughs> I think you've got the power, Nivelle. You should lead this fight. If Victoria Rao has a petition going on to bring her back to YNR, we could have a petition going on saying no more singing characters. I'd sign up. Who else? Uh, Who else would sign yeah. up? Yes, well, let's make that happen. I'll, I'll go to Tom Castiello right now, and, tell, and even though he said not to send petitions to him, I said, oh, I'll just send it to you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the writers on the show and a great guy. Yes. The good course. news is whenever I compliment an episode on, um, on Y&R on my blog, Himbo, I, um, I, I get a note from Tom going, oh, good, that was my episode. <laughs> I'm always so relieved. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're passionate fans, like we talked about, but at the end of the day, there are people making their living and trying their best and, and taking chances and stuff like that. So, you know, you, you hate to think you're hurting other people's feelings when you're saying what you care about, but what do you do when you care about it? Oh, my goodness. We have to do, like, a regular-based Y&R show here. I mean, oh, seriously, that would be awesome. I'd love to. I'd love to. I could talk all day. We could do this, like, all the time, man. Like, just rant on Y&R, like, no tomorrow. I would love it. Consider it done. Consider it done. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm such a huge Y&R fan, and I'm so happy that we're going to be able to do a special Y&R episode of my, my talk show, um, which, by the way, is coming to the States in 2011. I can't say more than that, but it's going to be broadcast in the States. So I'm really excited about um, that. You but, better find me so I can do that show. Oh, done and Dunner. Done and Dunner. All right. Done and All Dunner. right. But, yeah, I'd love to chat with you about Weiner anytime, Nivelle. Absolutely, we will. Sean Poole, everybody. Thank you, my friend. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. And all that good stuff. That was fun.
you guys. That was a lot of fun. Sean Pru, everybody, follow him, Sean Pru, that's S-H-A-U-N-P-R-O-U-L-X. Follow him on Twitter, everybody. That's my show for now. I'm the Vels Julie, making sure you guys get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Hey, Hey, this is Daniel God. Hey, this is... Hey, this is...